We're going to be in the book of Matthew this morning, chapter 20, verses 1 through 16. For the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And going out about the third hour, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And to them he said, you go into the vineyard too, and whatever is right, I will give you. So they went. Going out again about the sixth hour and the ninth hour, he did the same. And about the eleventh hour, he went out and found others standing. And he said to them, why do you stand here idle all day? They said to him, because no one has hired us. He said to them, you go into the vineyard too. And when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the laborers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last up to the first. And when those hired about the 11th hour came, each of them received a denarius. Now when those hired first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received a denarius. And on receiving it, they grumbled at the master of the house saying, these last worked only one hour and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day in the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give this last worker what I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generosity? So the last will be first and the first last. Luke 20, a little parable here about vineyard workers. Title of the message today is Annoyed by Grace. Another way of saying it is Annoying Grace. Um, doesn't have the same ring to it as Amazing Grace, and that's probably why uh, the a composer of that song went with Amazing Grace instead of Annoying Grace, among other reasons. But I'm going to show you why grace is so annoying today. And you're like, why did I come to church today? Just bear with me. It's much worse than you could possibly imagine. Um, Luke chapter 20, um, scroll down or look down at verse 11. Having gotten paid, the guys who had worked all day, on receiving their pay, they did what? They grumbled. So the, the key thing that this parable is hinging on, is sort of pivoting on, is this concept, this issue of these particular workers, the all-day workers who worked all day, and then as a result, having received what they were agreed to receive, they grumbled against the landowner. They felt at the end of the day, they were treated unfairly. And we're going to see, especially as we get towards the end of the, the message, the important dynamic between these workers who worked all day and the landowner. How is it that these employees ended up grumbling at the owner? And the answer is because they were annoyed by his grace. So what happens is this owner of this vineyard has a vineyard he has to take care of. It could be harvest time. It could be time to, for the vineyard to be pruned. It could be... Um, just real quick, did I say Luke? Yeah, well, that's the wrong book. Why are you looking in Luke? <laughs> Pat made it quite clear she's reading from Matthew 20. 
So you failed the first test. I don't even know where we go from here. It's Matthew 20. Matthew 20. When I was preparing the notes, uh, Russell helped me, and he wrote Luke 20 at the top above my notes, and so I keep reading them. Uh, on It is Matthew 20. No matter how many times I say Luke 20, it's still Matthew 20. Are we clear? Okay. Okay, good. I'm glad we're back. I can see, like, people getting ready to leave. You know, forget it. I'm leaving. I can't handle this. Okay, it's Matthew 20. We're all back in. Okay. So you're running a vineyard. You've got to prune it. You've got to thin it at certain points of time, or you have to harvest it. The parable doesn't really tell us what particular kind of work was going to be done, just that work was going to be done. Vineyard is one of those kinds of operations that requires a lot of work at certain periods of time, but then most of the time, very little work. The job is to watch it grow. But every now and then, it requires a lot of work because that work needs to be done in a short period of time. If it's harvest time, the grapes all need to come off at a relatively similar period of time. Same thing with pruning and thinning. It was one of these time periods that this owner needed some work done. He did what is normally done. He goes into the marketplace where the day laborers would be standing around, and he hired all the workers he could get. Hired them all, sends them out in the field, and he tells the workers at the beginning of the day, go out and work. You're going to work all day. I'm going to pay you a denarius. I'm going to pay you a, the, the fair wage for a day's labor. Later on, he's back in the marketplace, and throughout the day, two or three times, if I remember correctly, he identifies more workers have showed up. They don't have work. He sends them back out into his field. Those subsequent workers, though, he said it to them a little bit differently. He said, you go get to work, and I'll, I'll pay you what's fair at the end of the day. Don't worry about it. And they went ahead and went. And he does this throughout the day. He even hires a group of workers at the end of the day when there is maybe an hour's worth of light left in the sky. And he says, go out and get to work. And uh, they uh, get to work. And, and what happens is all of the workers go out and work. But as you can imagine, all of them work a different uh, period uh, of time. And then the reaction occurs at the end of the day when it's time to collect their pay. And the landowner tells his foreman, pay the workers their wage, begin with the ones who came the latest. So the guys who had only been working an hour are to be at the beginning of the line, then the next after them. So the ones who came at the very earliest hour were the ones who were going to be paid last of all. And those who had only worked an hour. Now, I don't know if any of you have ever worked in agriculture, if you've ever done uh, some time in a pear field or in a vineyard or something like this, or uh, maybe you were so lucky as a young person to be able to get move, to move irrigation pipe. Usually how that story is told to me when I was a young person, when I was your age, I moved irrigation pipe 10 hours a day for 10 cents an hour. And it was always done with that coin of a voice, which is to indicate you're so lazy. And that was the message that was received. As it turned out, I'm a Gen Xer. I didn't care. It's like, wow, you need to do a better job negotiating your wages. That's when a Gen Xer thinks. Yeah, good. Okay, anyway. How much work is a person in that kind of work going to get done in an hour? In that kind of work, if you go out to a vineyard or a pear orchard or whatever it might be, an hour is enough time to get your tools together, to get your boots on, and get out to where the work is taking place, and then it's time to go in. An hour is not, it's hardly any time to do any work whatsoever, is essentially what's happening here. When they show up to get paid, the foreman gives them a whole day's pay. And then the next group gets a whole day's pay. The next group gets a whole day's pay. And finally, you get to the original workers who were hired for a denarius, and they were given what? A whole day's pay. Exactly what they agreed to. And their response at receiving exactly what they agreed to was what? In verse 11. They grumbled. They didn't like it at all. 
annoyed by grace. First reason we, and I'm, I'm saying we're in this parable, the first reason we are annoyed by grace is when others deserve less, but they get more. We are annoyed by grace when people around us deserve grace less and they get more. We like grace for us because we deserve it. I deserve God's grace because my sin is not nearly as bad as this Yahoo I work with. So I deserve God's grace. Now, I don't know if any of you went through Awana when you were a kid, but Awana had a very good definition for grace. And the definition Awana gave for grace, I think, is one of the best I've ever heard, which is this. Unmerited favor and kindness. Who has heard that before? Grace, by definition, is unmerited. But grace is annoying when people around me don't deserve it as much as me, and they get it anyway. What the workers failed to understand is none of them deserved at all to be getting paid. What they ought to deserve to be was unemployed in the marketplace. It was only the kindness of the owner who determined he would hire the workers that they were able to get paid at the end of the day. Any pay, any of the workers was undeserved. Without the landowner coming out to them, they would have no work and they would have no pay. However, at a certain point, the full day workers, the ones hired at the beginning, at some point during that day when these yahoos start coming in later, they started thinking in their head, I deserve this pay. Obviously, he came and hired me because, look, I was earliest out. He saw the strength of my arms. He could tell I'd be a really good pruner, whatever it might be. At some point, the uh, workers came to the conclusion that the pay they were receiving was earned and the pay the other employees were receiving was unearned. And that's annoying. So these full day workers say they work 12 hours. Most of the time they'd work whatever daylight was. So they work 12 hours. The guys coming in at the end, they worked about an hour. So they're standing in line. They're watching the, the one hour guys get paid their denarius and they do the math, right? Okay. They worked an hour and they got a denarius. I worked 12 hours. So I'm going to get how many? More than one. Right. Uh, my math, my calculator says 10. Uh, no, uh, 12. Say, well, I, if they got that much, then I should get that much more because I earned it. And then when they discover that they're only going to get paid with the landowner by his grace discerning to, decided to pay them, they grumbled. No longer was their point of reference for their pay the kindness of a landowner who hired them. The point of reference was that for their pay was the people around them. And according to their assessment... The people around them did not deserve that pay as much as they did. And as a result, they received their pay and were annoyed by it. Having been fully paid by the kindness of the manager, they were, they were upset at what they were paid. Despite the fact that anybody who got paid that day was only done so because of the kindness of the manager. Two mistakes we make when it comes to grace in our lives and the lives of others. Number, first mistake we make. Got a couple of mistakes I'm going to point out. There are dozens we make, but I can't point them out, point them all out. First mistake, especially in reference to this parable, is this, that what I get is always, what I get from the Lord especially, is always in reference to others 
And according to my judgment, I always deserve more than others. Uh, Let me illustrate. Some of you may know business people who are Christians who are unethical. Right? They're the kind of people that go to first service. We all know, right? You know business people who are Christians who are unethical. Now, none of us are going to say who it is because they might be in the room, right? You know, maybe maybe coworkers, you know, are cheating the boss. Maybe owners, you know, are cheating the the tax man uh, or vendors or customers. And you know these Christian business people, employees who are unethical. And lo and behold, it's irritating as all get out. They have everything going for them. Business is booming. Revenues are up. Their kids love them. Their pets don't go in the house. And you just can't figure it out. And you say, well, it must just be luck. No, it's not. God is showing them his favor. The mistake we make is thinking we deserve God's favor more. Somehow we got into this issue where, well, certainly I'm not perfect, but I'm not that imperfect. And God, if you're going to pour out blessing, you should be pouring it out on me. And now all of a sudden, the fact that God is just being God, meaning pouring out favor on people who don't deserve it, is terribly annoying. God, why would you show favor to this person? He's a sinner. You should be showing favor to me. I am a not as bad sinner. And it's a mistake. All of a sudden, the grace and favor we have received, we are turning our nose up at. Because God isn't being nice enough to me. I've assessed my sin, and my sin is not as bad, and my good is much better than so-and-so, and so therefore my life should be much better than theirs, and it's a mistake. And that's what happened to these workers, and this is what happens to us all the time. We switch grace from something none of us deserve and make it something that I sort of deserve. I compare it to the grace that they obviously don't deserve, and therefore God's a cheapskate. And I grumble at the master of the house. First mistake we make is we look at the sin of others and determine that we ought to be receiving God's favor more. Now, let me say right now, because many of you, I can tell you're letting yourself off the hook. We would never say any of these things out loud. Well, I get, you know, I get to say them out loud. And, but these are things that are happening in our unconscious heart. These are what I call head hitting the pillow thoughts. You would never say out loud that so-and-so should be cursed because of his ill behavior because your theology is better than that but your head hits the pillow at night and you're having just a quiet conversation with you and god and your prayer goes something like this really god i mean really smite him bless me yeah i mean this is how your prayer might go that's a mistake about god's grace okay second make we was mistake we make is that there is a material difference between me and that other person in terms of the grace that is needed. So you might say this, how much difference was there between the workers who worked all day and the workers who only worked one hour? There might be several hours difference between who worked more, right? How much time is it given the lifespan of a vineyard over the course of a year? It's very small. Over the course of the year of what it actually takes to grow a crop of grapes, how big a deal is it if these workers worked a few hours more? It's none. But then when you actually look at the lifespan of a vineyard, knowing sometimes it takes dozens of years to get a crop that you really want, 
What is the difference between these workers of a few hours? It's none. The problem is we decide how righteous we are by comparing ourselves to another person when in fact the amount of grace we need is determined by comparing ourselves with God himself. That determines how much grace I need. And the reason we like comparing ourselves with another person is I might be able to determine I deserve the amount of grace that I need over and above this person. However, if I really look at the holiness and righteousness of God and the difference between him and I, I will have to recognize I will never deserve the grace that is needed to bridge that gap. So the second mistake we make in understanding God's grace is that there is a material difference between any of us at all. We all need God's grace. None of us deserve any grace. All of us deserve no grace. You ever write something down you can't remember what you meant? Me either. Um, let me read this phrase and then I'll explain it. So after I read it, don't judge me yet. You can judge me after I explain it. Nothing is so unequal as equal treatment of unequals. A writer said this, I didn't make it up, because I could never make up something so confusing. Nothing is so unfair to us as equal treatment of unequals. And this is what's happening in the parable, is people are being treated equal, but a certain group of individuals says, we're not equal, we're, we're higher. And nothing is so unfair as being treated the same as others we think are not the same as us. What's the point? We will always miss the grace of Christ if we deserve it more than someone else. It's always missed. Because if I deserve grace, it isn't grace. Secondly, if I deserve the grace of Christ, I will never be able to give grace to others because I will expect them to earn their own. But it's not coming from me because I earn mine. So we miss grace when we deserve it. And when we have deserved it, when we have earned it, we will never give grace to those in our minds who are below us on the spiritual realm. Annoyed by grace. We are annoyed by grace when others deserve less, but they get more. Okay, let's keep moving on. Um, if grace is being handed out willy-nilly, what does that say about God? Is anybody confused by the word willy-nilly? That's a theological term. I went to 10 years of theological training to learn the term willy-nilly. Willy-nilly means handing it out like there's, it's never going to run out. If God is handing out grace like it's never going to run out, what does this tell us about God? Let's look again at payday. After receiving their pay, those all-day workers, they grumbled at him and they said, look, these guys who worked only an hour, you have made them equal to us. We've borne the heat of the day, but the landowner replied to them. He said, friends, I'm doing you no wrong. I'm not doing anything wrong. Did you not agree with me to work for a denarius? What belongs to you? Take it. See ya. I choose to give this last guy the same amount. Can I do whatever I want with my stuff? Can I do whatever I want with my stuff? That's a fair question. Is God allowed to do whatever he wants with his stuff? Yes, as long as he checks with you. Right? Or and checks with me. 
Do you begrudge my generosity? So the payment is made and the workers who worked all day received their pay from the landowner and immediately accused the landowner of wrongdoing. You have not treated us equitably. You have not operated fairly. You are uh, not just. You are a cheat. They accuse the landowner in spite of the fact that he has done precisely what he agreed to with them. They now were looking at the relationship of the landowner to them and the relationship of the landowner to others and had determined that the landowner wasn't dealing rightly with them because of how he was dealing with others. In fact, we would say this. They would say that the landowner was unreasonably gracious. So here's the point. Annoyed by grace because it tells us what God is really like. Let me explain something to you about God. This may make you happy or it may annoy you or it may do both. God is unreasonably gracious. He freely forgives others whose sin is annoying. Think about that. Think of all the people in your life who sin in ways you find terribly annoying. Some of them may be in your home. God for the love of Pete, is offering them grace over and over and over again. Can you believe this? He is unreasonably gracious. He is just forgiving people. What's the theological word? Willy-nilly. He freely forgives others whose sin we find troubling, whose sin costs us something, whose sin is bothersome to us. And we find this troubling because, and many times we feel like, Sure, I need God's grace because I deserve it a little bit. I want you to read the key verse of people who believe God's grace should not be handed out willy-nilly. It's Jonah 4, 1 through 4. So you can turn there if you'd like. Jonah 4, 1 through 4. These are the key verses for those of us who find it troubling that God is merely handing out grace like he'll never run out. Can you believe this guy? Who is Jonah? Anybody remember Jonah? Is this a new character in your repertoire of the Bible? So Jonah went out on a cruise, um, and he, uh, I think, if I remember the story white, white, right, uh, God went to the fish and said to the fish, I will make you uh, fishers of men. I was going to let you let ruminate on a little bit. Okay, see what I did there? Connected? Okay, anyway. <laughs> Wasn't funny first service either. Uh, did it anyway. Dad jokes. Um, Jonah jumped in the water, the fish swallowed him, and he was then vomited up on the beach because what God had told him to do was go to the Ninevites, capital of Assyria, and tell them that their sin had come up against them. And Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh and tell them that God was going to judge them. And we discover why in this verse. So Jonah goes to Nineveh, and he tells them the message God wants for them after he was vomited up by a fish, shortest sermon in all of the Bible, uh, God is going to judge you. And they walked away. Something like that. He kind of coughed. <clears throat> God's going to judge you. COVID-19. Um, immediately, all of Nineveh repents. From the lowest servant to the highest king, they immediately all repent. They take off their fine clothes, put on a sackcloth, rip their clothes, put ashes on their heads, sit in ashes and repent. Then somebody says, this isn't good enough. Our animals need to re- repent. They then get all of their livestock. Read the story. It happens. They put sackcloth on their livestock. 
This revival went so wild, the, the animals were getting saved. And it drove Jonah nuts. Look what Jonah replies to God in Jonah 4, 1. It displeased Jonah exceedingly. Why did it displease Jonah? Because the end of chapter 3, God relented of the disaster and he would not do it. It displeased Jonah exceedingly and he was angry. And he prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord, is not this what I said when I was yet in my country? That is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish. For I knew that you are a what? Gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. It's annoying. All of these things are good when God is doing all of those things for us, Jonah says. God, yes, be gracious and merciful and slow to anger and abounding in love for the people of Israel, for people like me, for people who sin like me. But Lord, no, never for the Assyrians. What is wrong with you, God? Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me. It would be better to die than to live. And the Lord said, why are you mad? Jonah finds God unreasonable in his grace. He felt that Nineveh did not deserve God's grace because their sin was greater than their, than his own sin. Jonah, like us, oftentimes only wanted grace for people who deserved it. Back to Matthew chapter 20, look at verse 15. Jesus says this, almost echoing the voice of God to Jonah. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Do you begrudge my generosity? Do you begrudge my generosity? The workers, according to verse 13, said, uh, you are treating us wrongly. The owner says, I do no wrong. Do you begrudge my generosity that I would extend grace to those who deserve it, those who don't deserve it? We are annoyed by God, God's grace when we discover God is so gracious. But we have to remember, if any grace is earned, if any amount of grace must be earned, therefore God will be cruel to the righteous. Because if you have to earn your grace, God will never understand how awesome you are. However, if all grace is unearned, then we have to recognize the Bible tells us there is no righteous. If grace has to be earned, then God will always turn out to be cruel. But if all grace, as the Bible teaches us, is unearned, then there is no righteous ones among us. All of us deserve all or don't deserve any of God's grace. And when he pours it out on us, it is undeserved and unearned. One writer put it this way. If we would appeal to God for justice in much the way that Jonah did, then all of us would be damned, not just the Ninevites. Because the only way to have relationship with God and avoid judgment is to experience his grace undeserved. A couple of things uh, to think about, and then we're going to prepare to take communion together. First thing I want to mention here that we learn about God. Are you ready? God is generous. I got to tell you that because sometimes we don't think God is very generous. 
think God is kind of a cheapskate. We've prayed for stuff and he doesn't answer the way we want him to. And sometimes we can be mistaken and think God is not as generous as we would hope he is. But what we learn from the scripture is grace teaches us God is generous because he pours out more grace on us than we deserve. How do we know God gives us his grace? Because Jesus died on the cross for us. Jesus died on the cross for us, making it quite clear the lengths God was willing to go to make sure that our sin was paid for. Not only that, Jesus rose from the dead three days later, and the Bible teaches us when we trust him, not only are our sins forgiven, but in Christ we are guaranteed resurrection where we will live for him, with him forever. So God, in his grace, wipes away all of our sin and then gives us the privilege of living forever with him in righteousness. God is generous. We know that from the cross. We know that from the open tomb. We recognize in our own hearts that lack of appreciation for that grace, and it gives us the opportunity to once again come to the Lord and say, God, show me your grace. Second thing. First thing I said was what? God is generous. Everybody agree? Are we down? Okay, we're good. All right. A second thing is unforgiveness. Anybody ever had trouble forgiving people? Hold on to resentment? Yeah, all of us? Good. Um, Only one person raised their hand, but he raised his hand in representation of all of us. So we have resentment that is there. We have people who have done things that are wrong uh, to us, and and we are right to say what they did was wrong. We're not saying that, uh, pretending that what they did was right and I should just go over it. We're not saying that. But we're saying, carrying it around the weight of resentment. What we can allow that to do is be an indicator for us about how we're receiving God's grace. How do I say that? If I must have other people earn my grace, then that is an indicator that I feel I must earn God's grace. So if someone are near me and around me, if I have, in order to have grace for me, you've got to act a particular way then what that reveals to my own heart is that is the economy I'm applying to my relationship with God. Here's why. If I have to earn God's grace, if I have been good enough to earn God's grace, then why is it such a big deal for the people around me to earn my grace? Now, again, we would never say that out loud, but this is how, again, I don't want to offend uh, only you. I mean, I don't want to offend you. Um, This is how religious people operate. And it's the great mistake that religion has made when at some point we abandoned the grace of Christ and decided to do religion. When we're going to spend our time currying favor with God through good behavior, and I've got to be a good little boy or you've got to be a good little girl to get God to be nice to you, then that means I have somehow earned God's grace. I will spend the rest of my life expecting people around me to earn my grace. And that resentment that I carry around of an unwillingness to forgive people and agree that they don't owe me anymore is an indicator that I feel like I've earned God's grace, so therefore they've got to earn it from me. But here's the thing. What if all the grace I have I didn't earn? What if I come to the realization that every amount of grace that God poured out into my life was completely undeserved? What does that mean I can do with it? I can freely give it away willy-nilly because it's never going to run out. I don't have to give away my, my grace that's earned, besides that's useless, but if I can come to the realization that God's grace will never end, and I don't have to earn it today, 
then therefore I can freely give it to somebody else because I didn't earn it today. How are you earning God's grace? Let me give you an example of how you're earning God's grace. Yes, I watched you this week. This is how you do it. Okay, a couple of you did some really naughty things this week. Just all of you. Um, now, they weren't really bad. They're nothing that's going to get printed in the paper because uh, it wouldn't be acceptable. Um, it might not get you put in jail. So many of you did some things that were wrong this week. And so uh, you know, because you were raised in a church like this, or you came to know the Lord, and you know how grace works, you went to the Lord and said, Lord, man, that was dumb. What did I do that for? I confess that was sin. I won't do that anymore. God, give me the grace to overcome. Give me people to keep me accountable. Uh, I don't want to do that anymore. Uh, thank you for your forgiveness, right? And we've all done this, right? It's called confession. I hope you're doing this. Okay, then you get up the next morning, and maybe you haven't really had a habit of reading your Bible. So I'm not judging you. Just saying. The, just saying. And, and you just really blew it yesterday, and then you confessed, right? And God forgave you. You're like, yeah, he forgave me. Then you get up in the morning, you're like, I better pay God back for that. I'm going to read the Bible. I'm not just going to read any part of the Bible. I'm going to read Leviticus. I'm going to pay the piper. I mean, God God showed me his grace. I've got to pay him back. Now what happened? I just took that grace and earned it. I'm never going to give away grace that, that I earned. Because now that I've earned my grace, at least in my own mind, why in the world would I give it to you? You're not working hard enough to earn it. So what we need to learn to do is just rest in God's grace. So why in the world would I get up and read my Bible in the morning if I don't have to do it to earn God's grace? Maybe because you love the Lord. Maybe because the Lord is just somebody who's moved in your heart and you want to know more about him. Turns out the Bible's the best place to do it. But I don't have to earn favor. I don't have to curry favor with God. I don't have to pay him back for the grace. Earned grace will never be given away earned grace will always be held on to. The problem is, of course, no grace is ever earned. 